I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you. Hi everyone, I'm Jason Ballara, and this is the Know Your Why podcast. Today I'm here with Brian Orr, uh, aka DJ Twist, which um, Brian's got a, a really interesting bio. Um, I'm going to let him tell the story, but first let me just say thank you for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Jason, thanks for having me, man. I, I love the podcast. I love the idea and the message of the Know Your Why. So I'm excited to be here. Thank you very much. Um, why don't you go ahead and we'll just start to, you know, kind of kind of share your story with us. Let the listeners know your background. Um, probably the DJ twist part of it gives a little <laughs> bit of that story away. But but I think um, really, like I said, uh, your bio is very interesting and has a lot, a lot to it. So I think it'll be great to kind of dive in. Sure. So... Uh, with regards to the DJ, I am um, an internationally touring DJ. I've had a lot of success in that industry. I don't tour anymore, but I still do uh, play here in, in St. Pete. Um, I still love it. I still have a lot of fun and I still like to, to play some tunes. And, um, you know, for reference, I think the, uh, the CEO of Goldman Sachs is also a DJ. So, you know, it's not something to write off right away. You can, you can check that, but I'm pretty sure that that's accurate, or at least he was for a time. Um, you know, so, so that, I mean, that part of that is living your passion, you know, and, and, and we can talk more about that, but yeah, so the, so the thread of DJing has been with me since I was about 13 or 14 years old. So we can just kind of underwrite that as a common thread through the whole course of the story. Um, when I graduated school, I was, I have a degree in finance. I was meant to, you know, stop DJing and get a real job. You know, that's kind of the story. And, and I did for a time and uh, I got a real job and I started working as a project manager for a, um, a furniture company, an installation company. And this is in 2000. So from then 2000, 2001, I was working, my office is in Queens and I was doing most of my jobs in Manhattan. Um, the story kind of basically what happened was 9-11 happened. And when 9-11 happened, I, I had been working on a property, uh, working on a, a job in the trade center for the past six months. And I was there uh, just about every Tuesday. That was when I would, I would go in and I would go direct to the city from my house in Brooklyn and, you know, check on the project. So 9-11 happened on a Tuesday. So I ended up oversleeping that day because of uh, the night before. We used to, you know, I was young. We used to, we would go out on Monday nights. There was no, <laughs> you know, that would happen. So um, I ended up oversleeping and I didn't go into Manhattan that day. And I ended up in Queens. And, um, you know, at the time, my my mother was actually in town and she was uh, tr a trainer training for the bank that she worked for. She was in North Carolina, but she was in, in, uh, in the city and she was actually in the trade center. She was on the 47th or 49th floor, something like that. But she did, she did get out. She did get out. So, you know, th that kind of takes me to my next thing where when, you know, my whole family, I grew up in Brooklyn, my whole family's cops and firemen, more or less, or some type of, you know, blue collar, a lot of military in my family, that kind of thing. And I was supposed to be the one, you know, the first one to change Put the white collar on right like <laughs> i went to yeah. college i had the degree and all, and all that so i was i was on that course you know and um when 9 11 happened i just sort of felt like like i was like man i should i should have been there so after that i ended up signing up for the fire department and it took me i guess about three years to get on so in that three years i had left my job as um a project manager and I got a job at Lehman Brothers, actually Newburger Berman, which is now, uh, which then got bought by Lehman Brothers. And then you know what happened if you know anything about the the, the crash. So the, you know, I guess there's a few crashes in my uh, history there. So um, 
So I was working at Newburgh Berman. I got licensed. I had my seven and 66 and I worked on, on the wealth advisor team, which is sort of ironic as, as I explain this a little further. And when I got called for the fire department, I, you know, I, I left and I just went on. Um, so as a fireman in New York for about seven years or so, and I ended up, unfortunately for that, having a, a neck injury and not able to do that anymore. So um, introduced the DJ life again, full time, to which, you know, when if I talk to you about my, uh, the book that I'm still working on, you know, failing your way to success, there's a lot of failures, there's a lot of good things that came from DJing. But when I, when I, you know, full disclosure here, like when I, when I was told that I couldn't do the thing that I wanted to do anymore, I, I pursued my other passion, which was DJing, but it put me in a little bit of a a funk. You know, I, I moved to Vegas immediately. Um, I was on a lot of pain meds. Like, you know, there was a lot of things, right? So, you know, but, but DJing was going great. So, so, you know, I was traveling and I was meeting people all over the world and doing a lot of things. And it was fantastic. But my, my life was a little bit um, what you would expect from the DJ lifestyle. So now we get to around 2014 and I met, um, this girl who is now my wife and she was living in North Carolina in Charlotte where my mother was. So I was going there like Mondays to Wednesdays or whatever, when I was off and I was spending the days with her cause she was managing a, a bar a restaurant and my mother was still working at the bank. So I was spending nights there. And I'm sorry if I, if I get long winded, I do, I do get long winded, Jason. So no, no, please go, cut me off. Whenever no, no, you go, go ahead. I, I, this is a, I think all relevant I, I, people's story. It's all relevant to, to, you know, sort of where we end up. So um, no, I think, and, and funny as an aside, we both married girls from Charlotte, North Carolina. So oh, wow. there's, okay. a, <laughs> there's a, there's a common parallel there, but no, go, go on, please. Okay, sure. So, so I'm sitting there and uh, my mom comes home from work in the afternoons and, you know, just hanging out doing mom time. We're watching HGTV. And that's the first time that I realized that an individual can actually own real estate. Now, I grew up in Brooklyn, as I mentioned, and people that I knew, people that I was exposed to were, were, were renters. I mean, we weren't in, in poverty by any means, but we weren't, we didn't own a house, that's for sure. And, I, and maybe one of my aunts or uncles owned, owned but nobody that I knew owned a house. Um, landlords to us were like, you know, you only saw them on the movies and they were always mean and angry and, and never turned the heat on and that kind of thing, right? So I didn't know anything about owning properties. When I worked at, at Newburger, now I don't even know if I should say that because I don't know if they could, you know, whatever. But when I worked there and, and anybody who's in the securities industry might know, might know like they don't teach us to, to teach about real estate. It's, we, I, they never taught me. There was no, I don't think there was a real estate question on my series seven, right? There wasn't anything. So, so I knew that the, my clients owned real estate, but they all had like multi-millions of dollars, right? It wasn't an average person, nobody that I knew. Um, so it was only then that I'm watching, like literally just watching Chip and Joanna and I'm sitting on the couch and I'm like, I'm like, mom, you can buy, by the way, I'm 35 years old at the time, right? <laughs> I'm now 35 years old. Mom, you could buy a house. She's like, well, yeah, you could buy a house. I'm like, how do you buy a house? Like, I knew people as I got older, I knew people that were, you know, on the job with me, people that I worked with that had their own house, right? So I knew like that. But then then the investing idea, like you can buy a house and then like sell the house or rent the house or make money on that. Like I knew it existed, but I didn't think that I could do it. Right. Um, so she's like, well, yeah. And, and that's what really turned me on to real estate investing and kind of what got me onto this course where I am now, um, you know, eight years, nine years later. What, what happened with that first deal was she had restrictions. She was still working for a, a bank, um, Wells Fargo, and she had some restrictions. This was 2014 and she couldn't access, um, uh, she couldn't buy certain properties, like properties that were any any way owned by Wells Fargo, which if you right. are familiar with Charlotte, that's everything. Um, yeah. So somehow the, it, the idea is like, if she was a partner or an investor in a business, then, then that business can own the real estate, but she couldn't personally own the real estate. So, something to that effect. 
totally legal. There's no nothing here that you know nobody needs to look up Wells Fargo and find her employee ID or anything right. like that. <laughs> this is all done. Like we checked with the attorneys and everything. Right? Like she was so we didn't we didn't we didn't like dive through Wells Fargo's um you know software or portfolios yeah. or anything. So so I went to a normal real estate agent and I found the property the normal way. Except when when uh you know when we found this first property, I was like, well you can't invest in real estate because of your, because of the bank, because of your job. So that's weird. I'm like, but I can. So I said, who else can't invest in real estate? And she said, what do you mean? I said, well, who else wants to invest in real estate, but can't invest in real estate? She said, well, your aunt Donna wants to invest in real estate, but she can't because she's still in New York and she doesn't have enough money to invest in New York. And she doesn't know how to do any of the things and she can't afford it. And I said, well, that's interesting. So what if Donna just gave us money gave me money and then she partnered with us and then I did the real estate thing, but then we can all profit from it. Right. And she's like, well, yeah, let me call Donna. So myself, my mother and my aunt were, was my business team, my, my investor team on my first deal. And, you know, that really took me through, you know, some more ups and downs as we go through, but that really took me to where I am now in realizing that I have the capabilities to, to do this fantastic thing, which is investing in real estate, creating these oversized returns way more than anybody that I was providing at, at in, you know, as a security, you know, as a, as a stockbroker, right? So you're on the wealth team. I'm like, I'm like, these are, this is, this is incredible. And I can do this for more people. So how do I, how do I do that? And, and that's what, that's where I am today with, with the business of, of, creating opportunities for people who, who have challenges one way or the other, whether they're financial challenges or, uh, you know, geographical challenges, operational challenges, knowledge, whatever it is that I can, I can put these people together and, and create bigger opportunities so we can all profit from it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great, uh, you know, sort of re really is a cool realization to come to when you're like, you, you figure out, okay, I, I like real estate. Wait a minute. I can help other people <laughs> using real estate, right? Like, like there, there are lots of people out there that don't know how to get involved or what, you know, what, what's, what they can do with it. So it is a, is a really cool um, realization. And I, I think, like I said before, like your life journey, you know, whatever you want to call it, like all of that stuff is so relevant to what, you know, where we end up, right? And it, it, you know, take take a piece of of all of it, and it's like even the even the DJ side of it. You know, people may say, "Well, how's how's that relevant?" And it's like, well, I'm sure that a big part of that is just interacting with people and connections and and that kind of ability to to talk to people and and be you know personable. Like, th there's just every step along the way, working in in finance, like all of it goes into it, and and even watching HGTV with mom like that's all of that is is wrapped up in the package of like kind of where we went where we end up so you said that was 2014 that the first mm -hmm. uh kind of that first deal with with your mom and your your um aunt at that time yeah I think we closed my first deal was done in 2015 but it was right in the like the winter of 2014 that I tuned into HGTV yeah and so what, what kind of deal was it? Like what, what type of uh, property are we talking about? Yeah. So the first deal was a tiny little three in one single family in Mount Holly, North Carolina. And um, the way that we got it, I was just driving around with the real estate agent, just kind of learning as a family friend. And I was just kind of learning what real estate actually was. And we were just driving around looking at a bunch of different properties that were on the market. And we got an alert on the phone that a property had just come on market. It was a, a VA foreclosure and they were accepting like highest and best that day. So it so happened. We were literally a block away, like less than a block for whatever a mountain, a, a country town block is. But we were like very within, you know, a few hundred yards yeah. of where this house was. So we were the first ones to pull up to it. And by the time we left, there were three or four other cars there, but um, we, we were there and we, we looked at it. It was completely garbage. Um, everything was stripped. The plumbing was stripped. The electric was stripped. 
but the house itself looked pretty good. Like from the outside, you wouldn't be able to tell. And I was like, all right, so what do we do with this? And they said, well, they're looking for cash and um, they want, you know, uh, the, I guess the asking price was something like $42,000. And I said, all right, well, let's buy this one. So we put in an offer. I don't remember, I don't have it offhand, but uh, oh, the exact number, but I put in an offer that was like some random number. And I only put it random because I thought at the time, now, mind you, I had very little real estate education at this time. I didn't, I had just discovered HGTV. So I had just discovered like bigger pockets. I had just discovered other, these, these plat rich dad, poor dad. Like I had just discovered this and I dove all the way in, but I didn't really know at all what I was doing. Um, that, that's also a common thread in my life. I kind of, you know, there's a lot of times where I, I'm all in and all of a sudden they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> so, so I just had the idea. I was like, well, what if we just put in like this random number? Because if everyone puts in like 42,000 that they're asking, they're all going to look the same. So let's put in like 42,000, like 714 or some rent. And we put it in now, whether that was the thing or not, we ended up getting that house. Um, we got it. And, and oh man, I have some, some awful stories about contractors. And so we can go so deep on this one, but we don't need to, but we ended up getting it and, and we did well on it. Yeah. It, uh, it was a real good time to buy in Charlotte then like a really good time to buy in Charlotte in that, you know, 2012, 2000 to 2016 mm -hmm. range. Like it was a really great time to buy there. Um, I wish I had, and I, <laughs> I wish I had but, more. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but regardless, I, I think something we laughed, but like something so important and, and, and we have like a lot of times I have guests and they'll say this, but like you, you just, you did something, you took action, like whether that's okay. So that's a theme in your life, but like, that's a good thing. Like that you, you saw an opportunity it, like what's better, what's a better way to learn than experience, right? So it's like, okay, here's here's our chance to buy this house. It's $42,000. It's not a little amount of money, but it's not a million dollars or or even a half a million dollars. Like it's it's a it's a way to get in the game and get started and, and try something out, you know? And so it, it's just such an important thing for people listening that the that willingness to to take action and like do something is just incredibly important in getting started in in anything and, and specifically real estate because the, the greatest thing about real estate is time it's like you just just get started because right. somewhere down the road it's going to be worth more so you just gotta you just gotta get in there and that's what i talk about a lot jason is is um you know, I kind of have this, this evolving, everything with me is evolving. Cause like I said, I just start doing, and then I figure it out later. <laughs> so everything with me is evolving, but this little like, um, idea of, of failing and, and, you know, growing success out of failing. Right. So I have this, this little acronym that I'm playing with and it's called bad. Um, and it's B A D D. So, you know, it's, it's be prepared to fail, um, except, when you, when you do fail at something, um, design, which is like design a, a, a better path forward and don't make that mistake again. Yeah. So if it's, it's be prepared to fail, except when the failure happens, design a better course and then don't make that mistake again. And that's really, um, what I've kind of extracted from my experiences through the years is I just, you know, I, I say, okay, we're going to do something. And first I'm going to look at how many hundred ways am I going to screw this up and let me start doing it. And when I start screwing things up, then I'm going to, then I'm going to create a plan to, to, you know, take option B or option C or option D. And then I'm going to make sure that I don't choose option A again. And that's the thing that's allowed me to continue to move forward, regardless of how many mistakes that I make on this crazy journey that we call life. Yeah, it's, I, I love that acronym. And it, it's, I mean, there's a, there's a, people talk about failing forward and all of this, but it, it's, you're, I, I think we, we learn in life, like as children, and like that, like failure is not okay, right? Like it's not in, or, or, or even like that making mistakes is not okay. And because 
in reality, like if you look at it from a, a true failure standpoint, like you didn't fail, you just move on to the next thing. You don't fail until you quit. So there's, it's, it's all learning, learning steps along the way. So, I mean, it's a great way to, I, I like that acronym and the way it's described and especially the, the, you know, the, the D's like the design, the, the, the new way forward and, and don't make the same mistake. That's it. Just don't make the same mistake over and over again. Yeah. Like that's really what it comes down to. Like make mistakes. That's the only way you figure out if, if this was the right way. There's a lot of um, <laughs> extremely important innovations in the world that were mistakes. Like someone exactly. trying to do something else and they were like, Oh crap, I just invented penicillin. Like it's just <laughs> like, you know, that stuff is, uh, it's a huge part of innovation and technology and discovery and all of that. So, so doing that in our lives, like regular people, like doing that in our lives is, is not a bad thing. Um, so a, a really cool way to, to look at it. What happened after that? So you did, you did this, this deal um, and then kind of, where did you go from there? Sure. So, you know, one of the things that, that I'm trying to mold through this acronym there through this theory idea of the failing forward and all the stuff we, we just addressed is to reclassify it and not just be failing because there's so many things that you learn along the way that may, like you mentioned, not work out the way you intended, but it's not necessarily a failure. And, and I don't necessarily even like the word pivot. It, I have to, I'm on a mission. If anyone can, can, can write into your show or, or hit you on social media, whatever, with like a better word. I'm on a mission for a better word that's somewhere between failure and pivot that allows you the fluidity to challenge yourself and then grow in that development and then, you know, continue to progress forward that doesn't necessarily have to be an actual failure. So, so it's with an that- adjustment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just I'm on this adjustment flow, <laughs> something, right? It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, though. It's like you, you, when something doesn't go right, it just doesn't, it doesn't have to be this like catastrophic end. It, it can be a lesson, a, an experience, you know, and then you take that and, and kind of move forward and, and do, do what you need to do with it. So, exactly. yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> We'll put a poll out for, for yeah. Let's find the word. <laughs> Maybe it'll work in my book title or something better. There you go. I don't there know. Um, yeah. So so that was my first deal, and then you know I did. I was a little bit aggressive early on. Now I'm not one of these guys that have a hundred million dollars. I I didn't do a hundred deals. I'm not flipping twenty five houses a month. I'm I'm none of those guys. Like I'm just a guy who was. Who, who was trying to build a real estate portfolio to kind of help his mom, right? Like that's it. So my next couple deals, I did a few single family deals in around that area. And then I got really into Brandon Turner and knew that my next thing was buying a mobile home park. So I started diving down the hole of mobile home park investing. And I, as you know, if you know the area, there's a lot of them around there. So I ended up shopping these mobile home parks having no idea at all what i was doing so i had an agent show me a house show me a, a property and i walked the property with her and she was bait like by the end of it you know i gave her an loi one that i was you know i told i, I wrote a few offers like a few options and seller financing all this stuff i had no idea what i was doing at all jason <laughs> right so i rolled as a so you know the, the great part about this lady i wish i remembered her name i, I have to remember her name she called me out I don't know if you can curse on here, but she, she called out my bullshit like right away. Right. But in a great way, she's like, she, she basically outright was like, you have no idea what you're doing with mobile home parks. Do you? And I was like, I have absolutely no idea. (laughs) So she's like, but what are you trying to do? Like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I'm just looking to get more properties. Cause I think, you know, and, and the more doors, right. The better, right. Like that's, that's what I keep hearing. And Brandon told me to invest in mobile home parks. So here I am. (laughs) So, so I'm literally walking mobile home parks. She's like, okay, so how about this? What if you started with a multifamily? And I go, great. What the hell's a multifamily? And she's like, well, it's apartments. Like, I'll go, I was like, I know apartments. I go up in Brooklyn. I know apartments. You should have just said apartment building. And she's like, well, it's not really an apartment building. It's just, you know, multiple units, sort of like what you're looking, but like, you know, so I was like, okay, so what, like, do you have something in mind? 
And she said, there's, there's a fourplex that's not far from here. And it's four units, one building, one roof. I think this would be your perfect next step from what you've been doing. So I was like, okay, great. Now I'm like, is she trying to sell me something? Because of course you're thinking like, but meanwhile, I'm, I'm, this is a much bigger 61 unit mobile home park that I'm like, her commission on that is squat compared to, right? right, right. So I'm like, maybe she's just trying to look out for me. So let's give she's it a just shot. doing her job well. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I, man, I wish I remembered her name. So I would just tell you people she's in far <laughs> city, North Carolina, and I can't remember what her name is, but so I bought the fourplex. And when I did the fourplex, um, you know, a lot of the mistakes I made there was trying to manage it myself. And it was two hours away from my house. And I had, I had to process evictions and I was going to court. I'm driving two hours every time because I thought I was saving money by not hiring a property manager. Right. Again, I had no idea what I was doing. So then I, I go, man, this sucks. Like, I don't want to keep doing this drive. I'm spending money and gas, money, time. So then I, I got on like, you know, on all of our resources and I'm like, is property management really that expensive or is it worth the money or whatever? And I started that and I'm like, it just, it, I just was told that man, property management's expensive. So now I'm like, man, I pay, I'm paying 10% on that property still. But I'm like 10% of the rent and I don't have to go back there anymore. Right. They're going to do all the stuff. Yeah. I'm like, and what about getting a tenant? They're going to do that. They're going to get all. And I'm like, this is incredible. So I called a couple of the agents that one. And I'm like, do you know, any, any property managers there? And she's like, yeah, absolutely. Gave me a property manager. I hired the property manager and I haven't seen the building in three years. And I'm like, maybe four years now. And I'm like, um, I'm like, well, this is awesome, right? This is, this is, yeah. this works. So now th this has become like now a thing in my tool belt, right? Now I don't have to, I don't have to fix the properties. Oh, I didn't even get into that whole idea. Uh, I'll rewind that in a second. Um, about, actually, let me do it now because this is, this will fit better now. When I did that first house, right? Uh, I got quoted at $1,800 to do the demo of the kitchen. And I said, I was a fireman. Uh, I can break a kitchen. Like this is easy, right? This is not going to be a challenging thing for me. I can break this thing. And then, I'll, you know, I'm not going to do the electric, but I'll break the kitchen. And I wanted to save the $1,800. And, and it was like almost in that moment that I swung the sledgehammer for the first time in the drywall on my first property ever, that I almost had this like, like this divine clarity that, that said to me, like, if I'm going to succeed in this business here, what I'm doing, I need to get as far away from this hammer as possible. Yeah. And, and that is, is a very key directive. And I'm sorry, I didn't mention it earlier, but that is a key directive in, in the, the way the rest of this plays out. So the property management became another thing there where I'm like, I didn't realize that that was a way that I could remove myself and get further away from the hammer. So after we did the fourplex, then I, um, I ended up finding a 10plex. I went and did the 10. I, I had property managers before I even closed on the property. I had them walk in the property with me to make sure that I didn't have to do that. And, um, and that was it. So, so, so I've sort of been at this moment here, COVID hit. I closed on the 10 in December, 2019. COVID hit. I have two little kids. Everything was a little crazy. Everything was a little scary. Um, I, I, at the time was, was thinking, okay, am I going to keep doing this? Are people going to be paying rent? Is this the way? Should I be doing something else? So that's when, again, I, I, I was able to come to Florida and, and pick back up the DJing because everything was open in Florida and I was still working. So I was still earning money and I, and I peeled back from real estate for quite some time. Come 20, end of 21 into 22, and it was time to refinance my fourplex and my tenplex. So I did the refinance on the four and the 10. And I was like, man, why am I not doing more real estate? <laughs> so, so through 20, you know, the end of 2022 is kind of when the second refinance happened. And that puts me to, to, to where I am now, which is I was looking to acquire 
my next property, my next step up, right? My compound, whatever they call it, stacking. So I did my singles, then my four, then my 10. And now I'm looking for a 30 or 40 or 50. Unfortunately, um, my daughter ended up coming down with, she's, she's kind of sick. So it's, it's sort of the way things play out. We randomly ended up in St. Petersburg only because they had a sailing school. And I thought that I was going to sail. Like we were watching a lot of YouTube during COVID. And we were like, let's become one of those nomad families. So I came to St. Pete to, to learn how to sail. Luckily for us, one of the best children's hospitals is here in St. Pete. So she's getting treatment there. Anyway, I am now logistically challenged like some of the people who I intended on helping from the beginning. So now I'm one of those people. So I can't go to back to North Carolina to underwrite properties. And I can't do due diligence in Ohio where I want to invest. I can't do those things because I have to be here. So what, what's now, right? Like that's one of those moments where, where I don't think it was necessarily a, a pivot. It certainly wasn't a failure, but, but how do we now progress forward? And I started this company, which is called Remix Capital. It's Remix Capital Group and Remix, obviously my DJ um, life. So it's Remix Capital and RemixInvesting.com is, is the education portion of it. And what I'm doing with that right now is um, first teaching, but with Remix Capital, I have just signed on to co-sponsor my first uh, large syndication with a good friend of mine who's a, who's a large syndicator who's been doing a lot of properties. And I found that becoming essentially a passive investor myself or being forced into becoming a passive investor myself because of my restrictions my challenges, I can, I can still help other people invest in real estate and I can still broadcast that it's such a good thing. Um, and I can do that by doing syndications and funds and, and, and that type of business. So that's what I've, I just started here a few months ago is putting together a fund to help other people passively invest in real estate. It's fantastic. Uh, I'm sorry to hear about your daughter. I, I hope uh, all is going well with that. We have some some very good friends going through uh, similar things, and we have young young kids, so um, understand the understand the uh, feelings and uh, you know kind of hardships that go with that. So I appreciate that. I think what you're doing with that and making the whatever word it's going to be adjustment uh, adjust is that where we were <laughs> yeah, we, that's whatever we but but the point being like realizing that that you can can maintain um a, a place in within real estate and just choosing a different avenue to kind of address that need is is perfect that that's exactly that's exactly what i want it's like really what I want with, with this podcast, with people, people that are in, getting into real estate. And, and it's like, we, I don't do a lot of, we don't do a lot of episodes where it's like, this is how you find a deal. This is how you close a deal. This is how, like, we can do those episodes, but those podcasts are out there. What I want people to see is this, like this progression in real life, making these adjustments and, and, continuing to realize like it, it can still be done like it, it's it can still be done it can still you can still be a part of it and it's still a good vehicle right regardless of whatever component you're coming at it from whether you're the operator you're active whether you're the um you know the the fund you know have fund manager or whether you're you are the passive investor whatever it is like you, you can be involved in in whatever fits with your life and that, that's why i think people like hear about getting into real estate and, and they they think that means I got to be I like as you said before like I got to buy a fourplex and then I got to do the evictions and all and they're like I don't want to do that stuff like well don't don't do that stuff and 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 do hire a property manager it's like have you read who not how I'm halfway through it but yeah like go ahead because I don't mind if you spoil it for me well <laughs> I mean it kind of spoils it right in the title it's Correct. A, <laughs> the title tells you what the book's about but the but just like hearing him go through these the examples and stuff like it, it was really um kind of life-changing for me this year reading that book be, and it's still like I'm not good at it's hard to it's hard to shift your whole persona but I've always been like that DIY guy and so realizing 
what I can get more, I can accomplish more by just finding other people that are better at those components rather than saying, okay, now I got to learn. I, I had, I wouldn't have a podcast if I didn't have a podcast editor. Like I'm not like, I'm not going to learn how to edit podcasts. Like it's just, that's one of the examples, but it's the same thing. Like you realized, Hey, wait, I can have a property manager. I don't have to do this stuff. And it's like 10% is nothing <laughs> compared to what it does, like the time that it frees you up. So Absolutely. it's just things that people, I think people need to, it's, it's good to stop and like, notice that, notice that, you know, what, what you've done, the, the, the choices you've made and, and, and always taking action, but then realizing, okay, well, I don't have to, I don't have to do it that way. Like I can, you know, go back, going back to your acronym. I think it's, it's perfectly fitting. Thank you. Yeah. And, and there is, there is a big assessment component in, in all of that. There's a big, um, you know, value in, in being, taking the, the 10,000 foot view of yourself and the situation you're in and saying, okay, if I was, if I was looking at someone else, if someone else was telling me that this problem or their life situation I would have the advice, like I, you know, we all do, right? Like, like I can easily advise them what to do because I can see what they need to do because I can yeah. see all that. We, it's very hard for us to do that for ourselves. And it's very hard for me personally to take my own advice. Like, I wish that I could give myself the advice that I give to other people. Right. But I think that, that, that that's what I'm growing into. And I think that that's part of the evolution is, is being able to look at any of these situations or circumstances or, you know, whatever. And it, it might've been with me forever. I, you know, I don't know because, because there is a lot of movement in my life. And, um, you know, I'm not the person who grew up in the one town who has the job for 30 years and, you know, that kind of thing. Like there's a lot of movement. And I think that a lot of that, you know, there's an assessment key in there. Maybe I could put two A's in the, in the bad acronym yeah. and put assessment in there because, because you need it, you need it. You need to be able to step outside of yourself look at yourself and then imagine that you were giving yourself the advice and then actually do the thing, do that thing and take your own advice. And, and maybe that's, maybe we'll, we'll throw that in there. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's true. It's, it's, and I, I've uh, probably just from my own, <laughs> my own perspective, like becoming almost painfully self-aware is a huge part of, I think, growth and progression and all that. Like you, 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 you got to figure yourself out because otherwise, like you said, it's like, I can, I can give advice to other people all the day, all day. But if I, if I can't look at myself and like, he give that same advice or give the appropriate advice and, and heed it, then it just, just doesn't help. doesn't help me. It doesn't help me grow that, that kind of thing. So um, yeah, that that's, that's fantastic. Um, Brian, let me let me switch gears just so I don't keep you all day. Um, I want to get to ask you the questions that I ask every guest. Um, the first one is uh, based on the name of the show, being know your why. So, so what is your why? What what drives you? You know, kind of kind of keeps you keeps you going. Sure. So the obvious at this stage is I have a family. So we have two kids, um, and one on the way. Congratulations. Thanks. So, so my why in that sense just got, you know, I got to put the foot on the gas of that why right now, because we're going to have some more mouths to feed here pretty soon. Um, I think throughout the course of my life, one of the common threads of my why is, is helping other people. And I, I constantly find myself in places, whether by choice or by chance, where I'm the one that's helping people in, in one form or another. And, you know, when thinking about like this iteration, this version with regards to real estate, um, to stay sort of on topic here, when I was a kid in Brooklyn, uh, I'm not sure in other parts of the country, but, you know, in the summer, the ice cream truck would come around. and it, would, it wouldn't be every day, maybe every couple of days or whatever it was, the ice cream truck would come around. And if that ice cream truck came around, you know, somebody, whoever the first kid that heard it would basically run screaming, um, you know, 
ice cream man's here, ice cream man's here, right? Like, so they'd be driving down the block with the belt, with the song playing, and like, ice cream man, ice cream man, to try to get all the kids to like get out into the street because some of them had to stop the guy and let him know that there were kids on the block. Everyone else had to scurry in to try to get like a dollar from their parents so they can get an ice pop or something, right? Yeah. And that's what I feel like, that's what I felt like when I discovered real estate. I felt like I wanted to like, tell everybody like you know real estate investing like it's this thing you guys got to see this thing like you got to see how incredible this is you got to see how many opportunities it creates you got to see the kind of you know returns you can get you need to try to see the kind of freedom you can get from you know time financially um you know the life that you can have if you're able to be successful in this and and you can be successful in this so you know that's kind of that's kind of my what i feel like if i had to assess it from that perspective my why is to is to just make sure that I can let as many people know that the ice cream man is on the block, you know, that, that real estate investing exists and that they can benefit from it. Yeah. That might be the greatest analogy for <laughs> like education in the real estate space that I've ever heard like that. And it's perfect. It's part like, that's exactly it. Cause I felt, I felt the same way. It was like, we, you don't like, if you don't grow up, I mean, most people don't grow up knowing about it. And so like, when you figure it out, all of a sudden it was like, I gotta, I gotta tell everyone. I gotta tell like everyone because you need to do this. So, you know, like the ice cream's amazing. Let's get, let's go. Like, and so, exactly. yeah, that's, that's very cool. Uh, very cool analogy. I, I'm a, uh, I love that. Um, I apologize <laughs> again for my long answers. I do. No, no, I, chat. That was great. <laughs> that was great. Um, next question. Uh, T tell us something about yourself that um, maybe isn't common knowledge, a special skill, a hobby. Um, I know you've, you've kind of shared some of the, your, your Man, I was going to say, I've, I've been an open book for the first Yeah, I know. Hour. I was going to say, you, you've know. already, uh, you, you've kind of told us everything. So I will give you a pass unless there's something else you would like to, like to bring into the fold. But yeah, we, we know you're a DJ. You've got, got a, another kid on the way. There's a lot of yeah, there, there's been full disclosure. I'm not holding back here, Jay. You're kind of your your that's, listeners are getting the whole thing. Um, <laughs> you know, fine. I mean, something that that they don't, something that people don't know about me, or something that I don't talk about a lot. Hmm. I do like to talk. Um, <laughs> you know, honestly, I I have a hard time. Um. I, I don't know how to say this that, that that won't sound negative, but but there is a negative component of my constant assessment. And that comes with like, for example, when I tried to do jujitsu, like I signed up for jujitsu and I did a bunch of classes and I loved it, but I don't know. So, so maybe that's a thing in and of itself, but I think that, but, but truthfully that what I don't disclose a lot is that there is a bit of negativity that comes with this like type of never ending assessment in that um, sometimes there is a failure to action or sometimes there's a fail, a failure to follow through. And, you know, that's something that you have to be honest with yourself about too. So, you know, and, and with everyone that's listening to this. <laughs> yeah, it, no, it, it's true. It's, I mean, it, it because if you're, if you're really doing the, the, the assessment, the self-assessment and being honest about like, we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. You're like, there's going to be some things that are, uh, that, that not even necessarily negative, just like things that you can optimize more or whatever. I just, um, you know who Rob Deerdick is? Yeah. Yeah. He has a podcast and like, um, I knew him from ridiculousness, which is hysterical, like to know what kind of an amazing business person he is like uh, outside of ridiculous. And, um, but he does, he has this whole like time optimization and optimization of himself, like system that he goes through. And it's like, you have to be really, really self-critical to, to put those things in place, but also like give yourself some forgiveness because you're not going to be perfect like you're not you're not going to be optimized you know what you're not going to be perfect yeah. it's, it's not going to be every minute of every day so um no i, I think that's that's it's cool i think um maybe one day i, I i've you know i grew up uh, with the karate kid and I, since i've always wanted to have 
a black belt or something. <laughs> yeah, I've always right, wanted right. to learn martial arts. Just now is not the time, but uh, maybe one day. Yeah, yeah. Um, when people hear this, uh, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, so my social is still at DJ Twist. It's um, DJ T-W-I-S-T, and that's on all the platforms. But I am building this education platform, as I um, alluded to a little bit earlier. And that website is called remixinvesting.com. And that's strictly content that I'm trying to put out. I host a, a local meetup monthly here in St. Pete and a weekly Zoom call. And all of that is, um, you know, like we mentioned earlier, it's, that's just the ice cream man is here kind of stuff. Like that's just the telling people about real estate. Uh, if anybody is interested in speaking to me on a more professional level and uh, looking at some of the, the deals that I have and the opportunities that I have as a sponsor, as a co-sponsor, that website is remixcapitalgroup.com. And you can check me out there or schedule a call and we can talk any further. Great. Well, and we'll, we'll put all that in the show notes. Um, final question for you, Brian. What, what is a piece of advice you would give to someone who is getting started in real estate, kind of trying to get trying to get into the game? What, what would you tell them? Yeah, I would say uh, a couple of different things. And I'll say it as quickly as I can, Jay, I promise. <laughs> um, you know, take action first and foremost, right? Now that's a big concept. Take action. What the hell does that mean? Start doing things. And those things, what are those things? Um, education. So listen to podcasts like this, read as many books as you can, but don't just read, do the things that they, that you read about in the book, start doing the things. Like I went to buy a mobile home park, you know, just because Brandon told me to, you know, um, and, and, and with that being, you know, along those lines, line up with, find somebody, find a mentor or multiple mentors in, in as many spaces as you can, um, you know, find people who are doing the things that you want to do and, and learn from them. Try to get lunch with them. Try to, it's, it might not happen if it's an author or, you know, somebody with 200 million under portfolio and you're first starting, but you can still absorb their content because they're on podcasts and they're writing books and they're writing newsletters. So, you know, consider one of those people or, or some more of those people, your mentors and, and follow them and try to connect with them. Hell, why not? Right. Send them emails. Yeah. Do, take the action. You never know. You never know. You never know what could happen from one action and how that snowballs into whatever else or what you learn from it. So it starts with the umbrella concept of taking action, but very specifically build your education, find some mentors and, and just get to work. Yeah. And I, I, it's great advice. And I, I would add to that sort of sentiment as far as, you know, don't, don't not reach out to someone because you think they might like be above you or not, you know, Brandon Turner was on this podcast recently. Like that was pretty cool, but I met him in person at a mastermind. Like, and so like, you gotta, you gotta take the action of like actually going up and saying, Hey, Brandon, like, <laughs> obviously a lot of people know who you are. This is me. Like, I'd love to have you on the podcast. I'd love to like, get to know you better like that. It's just that stuff um, and, and, you know, the, the, there's lots and lots of real estate conferences and like those people that are up on stage are also there and they'll talk to you. Like, they're not going to like, you know, kind of shun you, like they'll talk to you. You just got to be, be willing to kind of take those chances. doesn't mean they're going to, you know, take you under their wing and, and bring you back to the office to teach you everything they know. But, but like, it's just taking those chances and, and, um, finding the connections where you can. Jason, you're exactly right. You want a massive action tip that I'm going to give away. This is my number one secret. I'm going to give it away as a bonus here at the end. Okay. I'm ready. Um, I too have met many of the people who we consider the elite in our industry. Uh, and they, and it happens at conferences and here's how you're at a conference. Okay. This, I know my seat's going to be crowded now. Next time when I go, when you're at a conference, see where the where the speakers are entering the stage or the back of the room because when the speakers are speaking the other speakers want to watch those speakers so they'll either be side stage or in the back of the room find out where they're congregating sit there and then 
in between speakers or before or after or whatever it is, that's your chance to turn around and make that approach like you just mentioned in your mastermind group. So when you're at the conferences, that's the time. That's the time. They're all there. Position yourself where they are. Don't try to catch them in the hallway. Don't try to catch them when they're going to breakfast. Catch them in the back of the room or side stage. And and I, I I don't for anyone that heard this tip on this podcast, say hi to me at the next conference because trust me, it works. That's 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 my bonus secret tip that I'm giving to your yeah. audience here. It's actually really good. Like that's how like Brandon was just sitting at the back of the room. The whole like whenever he wasn't speaking, he was just sitting at the back of the room. And I'm like, I, I like I didn't even it wasn't it was a it wasn't specifically a a real estate mastermind. It was just like successful people type of mastermind and i'm like that guy looks really familiar like it was just like i didn't even expect him to be there so it was it it, at the real estate conferences you do expect them they're gonna be there and Mm -hmm. you can go say hi and like that's normal so uh and i say thank you for for, um for validating my theory yeah no no it's it's a great (laughs) piece of advice and and like uh, and i and i am the I am the the introverted person that's like afraid to do this stuff, but you got you gotta like you gotta get out of the comfort zone. Like I sure. I'm, I'm not the person to go up to people, but I was like, what the heck? Like I'm at, I when am I gonna be in a room with him again? Or like any of the people at these conferences? Like yep. when are you gonna be standing next to them, sort of fortuitously again? Like you don't know if you are, and <clears throat> the the way to assure that you're not is to not do anything. So it's just kind of like it's that whole, you know, you miss every shot you don't take, you know, type of type of mentality. So um, really, really good advice. And, and uh, just an awesome, awesome conversation, Brian, I, I really appreciate having you on the show. I, I appreciate you kind of sharing your story and um, some really good, uh, just actionable advice for people trying to trying to get into it. And, um, you know, your journey outlined that there's a number of different ways to do it, right? It doesn't, you, you don't, you don't have to buy single family. You don't have to buy multifamily. You don't have to buy mobile home parks. You don't. You just. You just find the thing that works for you as you're doing that self assessment. So, so thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it, Jason. It was a great conversation. Uh, thank you for having me on, and I look forward to um, following your success. And hopefully, we'll talk again in the future. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you will. And and. Uh, folks listening, uh, I know you're going to love this episode, get a lot of value out of it. Please um, like, rate, and review so we can have more great, uh, great guests like Brian. I'd like to show you why knowing your why is the start of your journey. Without a strong why, it can be so difficult to reach your maximum potential. My name is Dr. Jason Ballara, and every week I meet with real estate investors and mindset specialists that are taking action in order to build a life according to their own terms. We will break down what drives successful people and allows them to achieve at such a high level. If you are a professional wanting to break through, or simply someone that wants to hear an inspiring story, the Know Your Why podcast is made for you.